Turn on the Jets film room. Joe Bluey. pursues. needs to dive at the ankles, which he does sometimes too much. Roberts is playing really well this year. You're wrong. Providing you comprehensive film study on the New York Jets. Howell sees that the playside gaps are clogged up. That was a really impressive play right there. That's, that's like a little stuff you see on film. Turn on the Jets film room is now in session. And you're back listening to another edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room, an edition that's being recorded about six hours after the last edition was um, recorded. Unfortunately, tonight, we do not have Marcus Coleman with us. He got a little bit busy, so he's going to be starting next week. So I probably could have put two episodes in one, but I guess I, I well, actually, I have no, really no choice. So uh, recorded that show, and then recording the 53-man roster prediction. Shouldn't be too long. I really don't have any film queued up, so I'm kind of just going to talk about um, some players and, and why I have guys uh, in certain places and why I do not have certain guys in certain places. Maybe I'll pull up some film, but this is going to be more of those, one of those hot takey type of shows. Where we're not really talking about X's and O's football. This is kind of just my opinion on the roster and who should make it. Some of it, I kind of try to balance between uh, who should make it and who I think will make it. Um, I'm going to go through that and uh, specifically say why for each reason I think somebody should or should not make it or, you know, I'll try my best. Um, but before we get into that, obviously you heard me say it a couple hours ago, I'm going to say it again, leave a freaking review. It just takes two minutes. Even if it's not a review, five stars, we have seven, five star ratings and two reviews. Let's, let's keep cranking that up. Once we, uh, maybe once we get to 50, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get, uh, the, the boss man, Josie to give out a, a t-shirt or something like that, uh, which doesn't really mean much for some people. Probably, no, probably, you know. 20% of you don't give a crap about it, but, you know, wear a t-shirt and, you know, do whatever you have to do with it, wear it, or, you know, give it to one of your Patriots friends or something like that. But uh, leave a review, please. You know, TOJ space film space room on the podcast app, YouTube, obviously where most of you people are not most of you, but a decent amount of you people are listening. Um, they just turn on the jets and you just type that in the search bar and then you'll find it there. Like I said, Coleman starting next week, next week, we're going to have our 53 man roster, reaction we're going to have a little bit of film from the eagles game because i'm going to see who makes the roster i'll break down some film um from that game because i'm not going to want to break down film of guys who aren't even on the practice squad anymore um but i'll break down a little bit of it not too much and then we'll talk about the upcoming game against the the lions and we'll talk about some weaknesses of the jets and strengths of the lions and all this stuff we'll, we're going to go back to doing or you know i guess we'll start doing did it with jet nation radio but we'll go back to doing our um Pickums of the week, we'll pick the Jets game and four other games, and me and Marcus will head-to-head picking games, and you know I'll beat him, but he'll he'll probably uh, I guess he'll, he'll have a shot, but I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this is the ninth episode, so let's get into it. Jets 53-man roster. <coughs> First to start off, uh, quarterbacks: Darnold and McCown. There's really nothing much to talk about um, here with this one. Darnold has been lighting up the preseason. The Redskins game, he didn't play you know, as well as, as he did the first and, and third preseason game, but still overall has been very, very impressive, has been more impressive than even I thought. Now during the, the, the regular season, obviously teams are going to, you know, open it up against him. They're going to blitz more. They're going to send pressure from different places. They're going to mix up coverages. It's not going to be as vanilla as it has been um, in the preseason. So he's going to struggle a little bit more. He'll throw an interception. He'll fumble the ball. 
Um, even though he's been pretty good at keeping his hand, both of his hands on the football while evading and moving around it in the pocket. So that's a positive. And McCown makes it because McCown makes it. It's, you have to have a backup. McCown is a $10 million backup. Um, and he deserves it. He's a, he's a guy who comes if, – if McCown came in the game and let's say the Jets are up 24 to, to 14, you're not going to be like, you know, shit, McCown's going to blow the game for us. McCown can manage a game. Um, and he'll be fine. It's you know, and he's a, probably the best mentor to possibly have to Sam Darnold. Um, maybe minus Bridgewater. Bridgewater is fantastic, but the thing is, he's 25 years old. He's on a one-year deal, and he's going to leave this after this year anyway. And I hear a lot of people talk about contracts like that. They, they can just just so easily be able to just give um, uh, Bridgewater a two-year contract. I heard it with Claiborne, like. You know why the Jets sign sign Claiborne for one for one, uh, one year five million dollars? He has a say too in the contract. And obviously, guys who go on one year, especially guys with potential, they're banking on um, them playing well and being able to get a bigger contract. So why a guy in Bridgewater? Why would he take a contract for what was the fifteen fifty million max that it was? Um, why would he take a contract like that for two three years instead of coming to the Jets potentially playing very well and then getting signed to a contract that's much much more uh, lucrative so it just doesn't make any sense same thing with Claiborne oh just sign up for two years 10 million it doesn't work like that he's banking on himself he wants to make more money that's why he's taking only that one year deal so you don't don't just assume that they they could do that um but yeah McCown's fine as a backup obviously uh he's probably one of the best backups in the entire league and that's you know it's not even an overstatement there, there's not many back quarterbacks who I would take over McCown from a leadership uh, standpoint in terms of a guy to be Behind Donald and many other reasons, I'm going to put uh, McCown up there, top top five, top ten. I would say top five, probably if it really got down to the nitty gritty of the the back quarterbacks um, in the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater's in that five as well, obviously, back up to Drew Brees. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in that situation. We'll talk about that in a little little bit. But um, next guy is uh, Blau Powell. Let me put up that. I'm just gonna put up that one play of Powell last game because I'm still um, just fascinated by it, but. Obviously, Powell makes it. He's a guy who's an all-around running back, um, can do a lot of different things. doesn't mean he does anything really, really well. We, I showed the play last game of um, Powell and how he – I would have liked to see him take a little bit shorter, choppier steps to be able to cut up um, upfield, and he didn't do that. He kind of jump cut, which ran him into the back of Kuala, who's getting blown up into the backfield. Um, but he is still a very solid running back. He's not a top guy in the league, but – uh, you can definitely get away with Powell. I think he's in that in that middle tier range. I I really do like his game. Obviously, um, if you've listened to me talk or you've watched me break down film for any amount of time, you know I like Powell a lot. Like I said, he's just not special. He doesn't have special athleticism. He doesn't have special vision. He doesn't have special power. Um, but having a guy who's all around is is good enough for me for sure. Um, don't overlook Powell. Next guy is obvious. Uh, Isaiah Cruel. He's he's looked pretty good this this preseason as well. And if you didn't go listen to the Giants game, I know that it doesn't have a, a super long shelf life because the Jets are playing tomorrow night. But only the true, true, true diehard fans watch the preseason game for. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show will. Um, but, you know, if you want to see how the Giants played and really break it down, I've been getting some good compliments on Twitter. I really appreciate the people who, you know, I'll just overlook that stuff and just and his tweet back. Thanks. I appreciate it. I really do appreciate everybody saying, you know, I learn a lot or, I, you're really opening my eyes to the game. I, I do appreciate that. That's why the, what this show, and this is what I'm trying to do um, for everybody on Twitter, because it's it, it seriously is so much. When you actually, like, for people who, and I'm just curious, like, like, and like I said, actually, I didn't even mention this in the last show. If you have any questions and you want to know what is, 
what is a WAM block? Like I didn't, if I didn't explain it long enough or what is a sale concept or what is the jumbo sale concept or what is a, I, I hear some people call a flood in the sale the same thing. What is the difference for you? You can email me uh, and, I, and I'll talk about it on the show. Maybe I'll do like a special net, a mailbag show or I'll just address, uh, address it on the show uh, with Marcus Coleman and we'll, and we'll discuss it and let you guys know um, what we mean by these terms and really explain things. You just email me at blewettjoe, B-L-E-W-E-T-T, Joe, you know how to spell Joe, hopefully, at uh, toj. so toj at gmail.com. You send me some questions, I'll, I'll answer them for you, as long as it's not dumb. Like, what is a good run versus a bad run? Like, I don't know, something really stupid. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just curious, like, the people who didn't really know much about football, if you're learning from this show, and if, if you appreciate it, I'm sure those people um, – I hope you do appreciate it, but I'm having fun. It's, it's going to, I'm going to be here for the long haul teaching you guys and learning with you guys as well. Uh, so moving on though, um, this is, this is a trickier kind of a situation with, with McGuire because McGuire is obviously injured what, a couple of weeks ago in camp. Actually, was it, I think it was the first camp day. Yeah. It was the first day I was there and it didn't seem like too big of an injury at the time, but uh, after he got x-rays on, was it, I forget what the injury, what the injury um, exactly was. But uh, he obviously got hurt, and he's out for three to six weeks. Um, and it's – I just don't think he's going to be injured long enough to, um, you know, be on that long-term IR or that IR. You, I, I believe you can come off from week six to eight, but you have to be on until at least week six. I believe – don't quote me on that. I'm, I didn't even look that up, but I'm, I believe it is uh, week six to eight you can get off of that IR. And I don't think he's going to be – um, hurt for that long because that was multiple multiple weeks ago. So maybe he's out the first game. Maybe he's out the second game. Maybe he's even out the third game. You can watch him on the bottom of the screen here. I'm just kind of just kind of going to run it while uh, he actually gets overthrown here. But um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be long, uh, injured long enough to be out to week six. And the Jets need him. It's not like the Jets have a a, a really good number three. I'm not even calling McGuire a really good number three, but. From what we've seen in Canon, yeah, you know what? You see the burst. You see the explosion. You see the quick cutting ability. We've talked about it. But in a game situation, in a close game situation, a catch, an outside zone, a inside zone, a toss, a crack, a crack toss, whatever it is, or a screen, do you really trust Cannon right now to be able to hold on to the football? I, I'm not sure. And I don't see any, any way that you're going to really put Cannon – um, in front of Powell or Carell or any one of these guys. But with saying that, I still think he makes the roster. But McGuire, I, I think they keep him off. I think he's going to be inactive. He's going to be one of those four or five guys who are inactive the first couple of weeks, and then he'll come back. So you have Powell, Carell, McGuire. And I think Cannon makes it just because of that raw ability. Um, if I knew the Jets could get away with him on the practice squad, now if they can cut him, sign back to the practice squad, um, I would be for them cutting him. I don't think he should really see the field this year. He's just too inconsistent for me. I, like I said, I like the, the intangibles um, and some of those things, or not even, I guess not even intangibles, the, the raw ability. Um, but he's, he's worse right now. He has a lot of room to grow. Uh, moving on from him, obviously Rawls doesn't make the roster. Rawls has been bad. I don't, I don't know what the people who are saying, yeah, he's looking pretty good in camp and stuff. I didn't see it. He was dropping the ball. He's fumbling the ball. He's not that good of a cutter. But people, it's, it's kind of hard, and I'm going to give people breaks because when you're on a field with any NFL player, yeah, it's going to look like a quick cut. So I'm not, I don't want to be a, a douche there and say that, but he just didn't look too good, uh, at least in my opinion. And then <clears throat> moving on to fullback, I think based on what 
I saw last game and what I have or have not been seeing from Lawrence Thomas or Flowers, I don't think either of them are in the roster right now. Um, I think that if you line up, you know, Tomlinson or Herndon or Walford, even though I showed people that wham block from last game with the Giants where uh, Herndon just came in a little bit out of control and didn't keep, you know, his hips square to, to the uh, free tech. But there's no, really no way that I think that one of those guys can block better than Walford or Herndon. Because the thing with Tomlinson is, especially if you're running, you know, 12 personnel, 22 personnel, uh, 23 personnel, Tomlinson is a guy who you want on the line. Um, blocking one of those DNs or outside linebackers where a guy like Herndon or Walford's a guy who can move a little bit more than Tom, than Tomlinson. So they can be lined up as a fullback or even as an H-back and move a little bit better than he can. So I think those guys can take up those blocking, um, th- that blocking because Flowers hasn't shown much at all and Camp, he was getting beat consistently. And Thomas, you know, it, it's easy to say, okay, yeah, he's 290, 300 pounds. So you put him in a hole versus you know a linebacker he's going to he's going to clear the way that's not the case he sometimes he will don't get me wrong because i don't want people you know tagging me in clips oh well yeah what about this play it's all about consistency just like buster screen to make a, a good play two three good plays a game but then it's other, those other 47 plays that he's not playing well so everybody in the nfl makes good plays thomas is not cons- um thomas is not consistent you see him frequently bend from the from the waist and not really get his full um, his body in line to, to block and explode from the, from the lower body up through the upper body. He kind of just bends, which, which um, cuts off some of his, of his power. He doesn't take the best angles. He ducks his head, doesn't put himself in the most advantageous position to, to, to whether it be to seal out or to seal somebody backside or to kick somebody out of a gap. He just, I don't see it with him. Um, and like I said, I don't think there's any way you can tell me that definitively, um, you know, or not even definitely, or make an argument that that a guy like Walford or Herndon can't block better than those two guys. They just haven't done anything so far. So the Jets are only keeping four running backs, no fullbacks. That's and the thing with the roster predictions. This is my third or fourth. I've been doing this three or four years, like like podcasting and stuff. And there's always surprises. So you gotta kind of be weird a little bit with them, and try to get it right. Um, so I'm gonna be a little bit weird there. If if I was betting my house on it, I probably would put Thomas there. And then cut off maybe my, my – I have five safeties, so maybe I'll cut off one of those safeties and put Thomas there or maybe cut off Cannon. But for now, I'm going to guess no fullback. <clears throat> Moving on to wide receiver, which has been one of the um, more – let's see, who, what wide receiver do people want to see a highlight of? Let's uh, – you know, we haven't seen big, bad Quincy and Noonwa play in a while, so I'm going to put up oh, – let's put up a Noonwa highlight to, to, uh, to play versus uh, – or while I'm talking about this, can I do it? All right, yeah, there's it going. Okay, so um, obviously you have this guy who came back. He's, he looked good um, in this game against the Giants. I think the only reason, actually, I recorded this early, if you look at this, was to make like a little, not like a gif, but a little video uh, saying I was, I was like a preview for my article and giving uh, Quincy doing that. But uh, regardless, um, so Anunua makes it. He looks healthy. He looks, he looks fit. He looks the same size. He looks just as quick. He, looks, he doesn't look timid. Um, they're already using him as a blocker in his first preseason game on that, on that crack toss to Powell to the left side. So he's obviously there. Um, moving on from him, you have Anderson, who is an obvious. I don't know if he's going to be suspended or not, but he, there's a potential suspension there. Oh, and with this too, I'm, uh, because, because I'm not doing another roster prediction show, 
there's no suspensions. I'm not doing suspensions for, for Stewart or a potential for Donahue or for Robinson. I'm doing what I think the, the 53-man roster will be, you know, week seven of the season. And obviously some of the guys I'm choosing right now are not going to be on the team because I'm going to be rolling in a couple of spots and the Jets are going to cut some of their guys and sign some guys from other teams because if you don't think the Jets are going to sign people from other teams, you're crazy because you're telling me a team who's loaded, let's say like the Vikings, if they don't have better players to cut than the Jets do, you're, you're nuts. So, um, but I'm not doing suspensions. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I, I think it's just too annoying. And then you get a kind of a scapegoat. Oh, well, our Darius Stewart's back week, whatever. So he's on the roster right now, but like, I don't like doing that. I literally just, just, just black or white. He makes it. He doesn't make it. No, no suspensions. Um, so Anunua Anderson is an obvious. He's, he's your X receiver. Um, like I said, he's great over the top. He has good releases. He just needs to uh, develop some more releases. And we'll talk about some of them. I know some of the comments saying, you know, it would probably be advantageous for you to go over some releases. I'll go over some releases, jab steps, crossover, um, re- releases, uh, hesitation releases, um, all those different types of moves and attacking leverages and things. Um, he's good at that. He's good at tracking the ball deep. He has blazing speed. That's obvious. Uh, but he needs to learn how to run routes better, how to get his chest over his over his feet. He needs to learn how to how to gear down a little bit. He needs to learn how to alter his speed at times. Um, because a lot of good receivers, like I talked about with Marcus Cohen, he was on a lot of really good receivers will run 90%. And you think, you know, the defensive back thinks, oh, shit, he's running 100%. He's going deep. But they're really running, um, you know, 90%. And then once they're even with a boom, that's when 100 goes. So – or you just – alter that speed in and out of breaks and, and it makes for a really effective route running. He needs to do that. He needs to get stronger. He needs to be stronger, you know, just in general, especially attacking the ball when it's working towards him or when he's working back to the quarterback, timidness. But uh, next guy, Curse, he's obvious. He's a little bit banged up right now, but he'll be fine. He's your, um, he's a veteran. He's prototypical like Z type guy uh, who we talked about shorter routes, um, you know, crack blocking, blocking in general, going over the middle, taking shots in the mouth from linebackers. He's that type of guy, really crisp route runner, really, really like Chris. I, I, like I said, I thought it was laughable to people who, um, you know, like, oh, my God, the Jets got a second and curse curses. Nobody, it's curses. Curse is a really solid number three. I like Chris. I like to see curse get extended here as long as the Jets aren't you know, sign another guy or, or not a sign, like draft another receiver, obviously, or if they don't sign another big-time guy or uh, he doesn't want too much money. But uh, I, I would like him here. He's definitely a good guy for a quarterback to have. Next guy is Terrell Pryor. He makes the roster. That blend of speed and size and ability, the athletic ability to contort his body in the air and make some great catches, uh, you can't ignore it. He's only been playing their, the position for a couple of years, so he has a lot, a lot to learn in route running. If you really want to learn the receivers, if you really want to learn the corners, make sure you go check out the show with, with Marcus Cohen for, for tight ends and receivers and uh, Eric McMillan for the uh, defensive backs in general. Marcus Schofield, too, if you want to learn more about Donald. A lot of the stuff you're seeing on TV and they're like, oh, yeah, he does this really well or that really well, we've talked about that in the review already months ago. So go and learn a little bit about these players. Um, but if you and if you do already know about it, just go and you know, watch again or uh, whatever. So – but moving on prior, he has rare abilities. We'll see if he can hone in on his route running skills and his drop issues and, you know, that type of thing. And even some of his locker room problems, hopefully he doesn't get pissed off when he only gets one catch for seven yards in a game. So we'll see. We'll monitor that a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> next guy, Andre Roberts, I think is a, is a lock. There's really nobody that's going to take his, his return drop away from him. The Jets cut 
Lucky Whitehead to, to sign that whatever that quarterback's name was, who's going to be gone next week anyway or by Saturday. Um, so there's nobody to compete with him for that return job. Obviously, Trenton Cannon has showed you why he's not going to be a returner. So Roberts is the shoe in there. And I also think Roberts is, is a little bit overlooked. I'm not going to say, yeah, he's a, he's a veteran and he's been bouncing around, but he has some pretty clean route running and pretty quick out of his break, breaks at times too. So he's not the worst receiver the Jets have ever had. Um, I like him as a number number five. He's not going to see the field too much, but when he does, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just completely write him off. Like I said, he's, he's a decent route runner. And then for the sixth guy, and this is one of the hardest positions to, to predict, this is me going with what you've shown me in training camp and what you've shown me on the field. And I probably doubt this happens. This is more of me speaking than what I think the, the Jets GM will do. Um, I think I think Stewart and Hanson get cut. Uh it sucks because Hanson had a huge mini camp um, in, in, the, in the spring and everybody thought he was going to play really well. He's done literally absolutely nothing through training camp. And in the preseason games, he's had one catch, I believe, for zero yards. He had another drop, a perfect ball from Bridgewater um, on the slot fade in the Redskins game. So he's done nothing. And this is really – this is a test for Mac because the good teams – cut their draft picks if they're not if they're not playing well listen it's year two usually draft a are, are you usually judge a draft three years after but if you're not showing anything on year two are you really going to show much on year three it, it's probably very doubtful um so i think the jets keep Trey mcbride uh he's he's been playing and, and people might be thinking i'm crazy but if you watch the last couple of games who's getting more first team reps is it mcbride or is it stewart or is it hansen it's McBride. McBride's getting more of those uh, first team and second team reps than those guys are. So it could just be that they're testing him out. They already know what they have in Stewart and Hanson, and they want to see if he's really going to ball out. Um, but he's been with those teams. He's been catching the ball. He looks pretty physical in terms of a run blocker. He runs some decent routes. He has some ability. And I really liked him. I think he got drafted, uh, what was it, 2015 or 16 out of William and Mary or something like that. I, I could be I could be wrong on that. Uh, that school name. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up really quick. Um, I think it was William and Mary Ryder uh, College. Yeah, William and Mary. Okay, he played there until 2014. So he drafted in 2014. Uh, I I liked him. He has he has some ability. So uh, I think he's gonna make the roster. He's deserved it. it, it this is a, this is a big test. Like I said, if Mac keeps one of those guys over McBride, then it's either one that he doesn't want to cut a third or a fourth round pick from last year. Um, or, or two, or maybe a combination of both, that training camp and preseason don't mean much because McBride has clearly outplayed them. And the only reason I'm keeping, you know, McBride over Johnson is because Johnson's a little bit older. Uh, McBride has a little bit more upside. Johnson's been decent, but at the same time, you know, that first game he had multiple drops. Uh, he's, he just, he's an average type guy. He's nothing special. Where McBride, I think, can make a, an impact. He has some nice athletic traits. So I think your, your six receivers are Nunwa, Anderson, Kurse, Pryor, Roberts, McBride. People say keep seven. Seven's a little bit too much. And I, I, I kind of shuffled a little bit here a lot between McBride and Stewart, McBride and Stewart, McBride and Stewart, because Stewart's being a little bit more playing time. And Stewart offers something that a lot of the other receivers don't in terms of physicality and run blocking, uh, which, which obviously Nunemont and Curse do. But he's a, he's a really good yak guy. Uh, he's physical. He's going to put his shoulder down. So he offers more of that than a guy like McBride or Roberts uh, do or even prior prior gives up sometimes and looks lazy and so does Anderson um, <clears throat> but I, at the end of the day I said you know who's the who's the better player right now who's been playing better 
and McBride has been the better player. So let's go with McBride. So no Stewart, no Hanson. Hopefully they can both make the, the practice squad. I doubt it. Um, but hopefully one of them can make the practice squad. They develop for a year and we see where they're at next year. But uh, like I said, better players are right now is, is McBride. Um, next, moving on to the tight ends. Uh, this was hard. This is a hard one too. It, the top wasn't too hard. Herndon's obviously going to make it. That's, that's not a question. Um, I mean, do I have any, uh, yeah, Hernan, Hernan's going to make it because he's a, you know, he's a draft picker this year. He looks pretty good in, in camp. I think he looked like the second best, uh, player or the second best tight end in camp. Um, and he was, he was good in college as a fourth round draft pick. So, uh, he de- he's definitely going to make your going to cut your fourth round pick, uh, the first year, especially when he's been looking good. So he's, he's an obvious, um, player to make, to make the roster. And then, Moving on from, from him is the next guy who I think is pretty obvious is, is Tomlinson. And I don't actually – let me find this because I've seen people say – and I'm not going to call out names, but I, I think he might listen to the show. He said, uh, oh, well, you know, Tomlinson – where he said Tomlinson blocking tight end in quotations. And I answered back and I said this on uh, Scott Mason's show, the, the show the, the new show we're doing every week right after the game. Uh, quick hit – or X's and O's, quick hits, or whatever it's going to be called – which is basically just a, a very, very brief um, post-game reaction where it's not me actually watching film because for people who do have Game Pass and people who don't know, game is played Sunday. It gets released really late in Monday night or early Tuesday morning. So we're going to be doing a show right after the game before I can actually watch the, uh, the, the film of the game and just give some initial reactions to the game. But I heard people say, you know, Tomlinson, he's a blocking tight end. Why did he get knocked on his ass? I don't know if I have this play. Or if I had deleted it, um, let me see. Uh, I guess I, I guess I don't have it. Uh, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess I don't. Whatever. Um, regardless, he he basically what happened was Tomlinson was lined up next to, um, you know, Quale, who's garbage. Quale got blown back, and then Tomlinson either one got his foot stepped on, I couldn't see it that closely, or he tripped over Quale's uh, outside leg. And then he fell to the ground. People were like, oh, look, he's a shitty blocker. No, he tripped or got stepped on. It's completely different. Um, but he's a good blocker. He locks down He locks down uh, outside linebackers at times. He locks down defensive ends at times. Now am I saying, you know, he's going to lock down freaking Khalil Mack and Von Miller and these guys? Or is he even going to lock down, you know, uh, a decent or even a below average, you know, a tight, uh, outside linebacker defensive end? No, I'm not saying that. that he's going to do that all the time. But he's, he does it pretty consistently. I think he, he makes the roster pretty easily. Um, the next guy who I think is an obvious choice to make the roster is Neil Sterling. He's been the best tight end um, on this team right now in terms of a receiving threat. So I, I don't think he's um, – I don't think it's even really a, a question that he makes that – that if he does or if he does not make the roster, he's, he's going to make it. He's looked really, really sharp this preseason. Uh, he's playing well. Really nice route right there. If you watch that show, I broke it down more. If you didn't listen, then too bad. Go go and watch it if you really want to learn why that's such a good route. Um, but <clears throat> he's been playing well. He's definitely gonna make it. Next guy, and this is this is this is another test for Mac. Are you gonna cut a draft pick? Are you gonna play? Are you know play the guy who's been playing better? I'm keeping Clive Walford over over Jordan Leggett because the thing with Leggett is he doesn't offer more as a as a pass catcher. His routes look pretty good at Clemson. But since I've been watching him in the preseason um, and I'm watching him in camp, his routes do not look that sharp. Uh, he's, he offers nothing as a blocker. So 
you offered nothing better than a guy like Herndon, Sterling, Thompson, or Walford do. So why are you going to be on the roster? Why? Because you're a fifth-round pick. And not even you're just a fifth-round pick. You're a fifth-round pick who got injured his first year and been injured most of training camp. What's going to say you're not going to get injured again if I cut a guy like Walford? And also with Walford, um, Sterling is not that guy who's going to be lined up as H-back or even as a Y and block. He's not really a good blocker. Uh, maybe a little bit better than a guy like Leggett is, but you're not going to keep him in the game to block. Um, so if if Herndon or Thomason goes down and you want to run, you know, 22 personnel or 12 personnel, you want two blockers in, and like I said, one of those other guys go down in Herndon or, or, or Tomlinson, then you're going to have Herndon and Leggett blocking or Tomlinson and Leggett. Yeah, or, or even, or even you know, I just, I just don't see it. I don't really don't see a place for him. I think he gets cut. Uh, this is another thing where probably he's probably going to end up on the roster and Wolford won't because they, they don't want to cut their recent draft picks. Um, but, you know, good teams do it. So, in my opinion, it's Wolford. What I think is going to happen if I put money on it, it's going to be legged instead of over Walford, but we'll see. Um, moving on to the offensive line, ill. <laughs> it's this and outside linebacker. I was like, these guys are really going to make the team. Uh, starting from left to right, Beecham, obvious. Carp, obvious. Spencer Long, obvious. Winters, obvious. Shell, obvious. Quale, he sucks, but it's obvious because of how bad the Jeffs, the Jeffs depth is at offensive line. Um, Dakota Dozier is a guy I'm keeping. He's a guy who played both center and guard. Um, the only problem with the Jets roster right now is Garcia has been awful. I haven't even seen him. He's not making the roster. Ben Braden, I think he's been playing a little bit of tackle and guard. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I haven't really been watching Ben Braden too closely, but I think he's terrible. But I think the Jets really all only backup tackle right now is Quale. I think he's going to be at the backup left tackle and a backup right tackle. And in emergency duty, somebody will have to come in for a couple of snaps or finish the game out. They're going to have to sign another you know, backup offensive tackle because I don't think they're going to keep a backup. So, like I said, Beecham, Carp, Long, Winters, Shell, Quale, Dozier, Harrison, and Swanson. Uh, and, yeah, I have, like, four backup guards slash centers there um, or three backup guards slash centers. But uh, I, I think that's what it's going to be. You don't really see people carry eight. I'm definitely not carrying ten. I don't really know who's another backup swing tackle that they have or who can do it better. Um, you know, even if you had to put Swanson there, is he, is he really going to be worse than anybody else they have on the roster like Garcia? No, Garcia – <laughs> is terrible. So that's the nine they keep. That is ugly. I'm hoping that they cut. I honestly, I hope they cut Harrison and Swanson or, or one of them. And then they sign up a backup swing tackle, which if I had to say right now, they're going to swag, uh, sign a backup swing tackle and then probably Swanson's cut. And then you see that whoever that guy is replaced Swanson on the, on the roster. Uh, even though Harrison and Swanson have been equally as bad as each other this preseason. So it really doesn't matter who you get there. Um, may, I, honestly, if I had to choose one, just because of starting experience, even though it wasn't good starting experience, I'm taking Swanson over Harrison. Just like people like, yeah, people hate Wesley Johnson. I hate Wesley Johnson too. He's terrible. But if you really had to choose for one game, do you want Harrison or do you want uh, um, Wesley Johnson? I'm taking Wesley Johnson just because he's been there before. Uh, he sucks, but Harrison is bad. So moving on, that's 26 on the offense. So defense has to be a little bit less. Going to the defensive line, this is probably one of the hardest players I had to cut and probably the most talented player I had to cut, at least in terms of last year and some of the things he flashed in camp. You have Leo. That's obvious. You have McClendon, who is probably the most underrated jet of the last couple of years. The dude's really, really solid in the interior offensive line, whether it be from zero to three tech. Uh, I really like him. You have Pennell, who's an obvious. He's the only true nose the Jets have on the roster, um, where McClendon's more of a 
you know, a zero to a three. He could play in a four three. He could play in a three four. But in terms of just a run stuffing nose tackle, they got combo blocks. There's nobody like kind of on the, on the roster who could do that. McClendon's more a little bit more agile and better, but he's not as strong as as strong as a, as an anchor as Pennell does. So he's obviously going to make the roster. Then you have uh, Henry Anderson, who the Jets got for a seventh round draft pick, a guy who I think Jets fans are a little bit too high on because they see the pro football focus stats. He's 82 overall, or whatever the hell it is. Um, I'm not too impressed with him, but in terms of of a you know a backup or even a spot starter type duty uh, as a defensive end. You know, I think he's decent. He's going to make some plays. Don't get me wrong. He's not bad. But I just don't think he's going to be as good as Jets fans think he, he is going to be because it seems like Jets, when Jets fans talk about him because literally there's – and this is why you need film shows because Pro Football Focus will put out a stat that's saying he's good. 97 people, 97% of people won't even watch his film or really know what they're watching. And they, in their mind, okay, Pro Football Focus says they're good. They must be good. Now I'm going to start saying they're good and adapt their opinion as my own. That's you, you can't do that. So when I watched um, um, Henry Anderson, I was not too impressed, but I think he's still, like I said, a decent, a decent starter. Um, not a good starter, decent starter, a guy who's going to split some time with some other guys on, on the uh, on the defensive line. Then I think they're going to keep Shepard, which is obvious. He, he's been playing very, very well. And I think they're going to keep Fadokasi as well. They've both been playing pretty well in the preseason. I don't think Fadokasi gets cut. I think he showed – He's shown too much on, on, on tape to get cut. If, if he gets cut from a team who's needy at defensive tackle, um, they're going to they're gonna sign him, whether it be a 4-3 or even a 3-4 guy who could play three tech even to zero. So I like Fadokasi. I think they all make it. And then I think Cooper gets cut. And that's, that's hard for me because Cooper is a guy who's very athletic. He's a little bit light, but he's very athletic type guy. And um, I, I, he's played pretty well this preseason. He had a good play. Last game against the Giants, he had a few good plays last year against the Saints. He had a, he had a few good plays in a, in a couple of games. He's, he's been a journeyman a little bit. He went he was playing with the Niners last year, but he got cut by somebody else before that. Maybe it was like the Chiefs, I'm guessing there, but maybe it was the Chiefs. So he's been bouncing around a little bit, but he's been playing pretty well for the Jets. So I actually had him in my initial 53, um, and then I eventually just got rid of him, which is kind of tough for me. I want, I want to see Cooper make when When the 53 actually is released, I'm hoping that they don't take – you know, one of these other guys and keep Cooper somehow. We'll, we'll see. Um, so he's gone. And obviously everybody else on the defensive line is there anybody else really worth naming. They got cut. No, not really. Um, so moving on from, from him, you have the outside linebackers, which is another position where you should just look at and kind of shake your head because it's, it is seriously, listen, I like Jordan Jenkins and I think he's a good, um, strong outside linebacker, but in terms of the overall position, uh, he is just, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the position just isn't good. It's, it's really, really ugly. The Jets have one of the worst outside linebacking groups in the entire league. And like I said, <coughs> Jenkins is solid as, as a strong outside linebacker. He's not going to offer you much in the, um, in the past, I mean, in a, as a past rusher, but he's still a solid guy. But other than him, do I have any faith in these other guys? Not really. Listen, Josh Warren's okay at best. Okay. I'm not even going to call him okay. If you really went through all the outside linebackers in the league, that they really finish in that okay range, which I, you know, is right in the middle somewhere. I don't think so. So I think he's a below average starter, a guy who you can get by with, but you definitely don't want him as your starter. Backup, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Martin as a backup, but as a starter, no way. 
uh, but he makes it. The, and the two backups is just – it's so hard to predict because the Jets don't have any good backups. Now, who do I think is the best backup on the team? It's David Bass. The problem is where has David Bass been um, this entire uh, training camp, this entire preseason? He's been injured. Uh, so he really, he really hasn't seen the field. So does an injury out to make the team? I don't think so. So I think I think baskets cut, and then you're looking at a, a combination of Donahue, Malden, Copeland, uh, and Luvu. It's like who do I? What who do I? Who even cares really at that point? But I'm just being honest. It's, it might be a little bit harsh, but I'm just being honest. Uh, so I think Copeland makes it. The Jets team, and the only reason I, I'm saying him is because I've seen some glowing reviews about him. I haven't seen it personally myself, at least in the games. Maybe in practice he's playing a little bit better. He's a veteran. I believe he's playing on the Lions. He got some starts uh, with the Lions or at least played some, you know, in some spot duty for them. He got a couple of snaps there, so he has some experience. So I think Copeland makes it. And then this one I bounce around with, too. Malden's not making it. Malden's gone. Malden's he's, – he's gone. He's as good as gone. Now you have to weigh Donahue versus Luvu. Donahue – the coaches seem to, to like, especially Kevin Green. Um, uh, and then you have Luvu, who's been playing pretty physically. He got a sack last game. Uh, he's a hard hitter. But he's also been bad, making bad mistakes with both penalties and, and coverage. Uh, I don't know, really know how much he offers. So I'm going to keep Donahue over uh, Luvu because I think the Jets coach, coaches like him. He flashed last year. Um, against Laramie Tunsil in the Dolphins game. So he had some good snaps. And Luvu, I'm, I think he's a good story for, uh, you know, I think he's going to be in the practice squad. I think he's a guy who's going to be like a priority practice squad type guy for, for the Jets. And then uh, he stays there for the season. If they have an injury, you're, you're going to see Luvu called back to the roster. So um, the four outside linebackers is Martin, Jenkins, Donahue, and Copeland, which my just, wow. Um Moving on to the next question, this is another tough one, is middle linebacker. Uh, people know how much I like, you know, Avery Williamson. It's obvious. I've talked about it many, many times. If you watch the actual review I did of him, it was like 70-something plays, I believe, or maybe it was like 60. I forget exactly what, uh, how, many, how many plays I, I did. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy who I like, I, I like a lot. He's a – let me see if I can get a uh, uh, play of him up. But – He's a guy who is – I think he's going to be a DeMario Davis-level player. of DeMario Davis of last year. DeMario Davis of last year was a, was a borderline pro bowler uh, who played really, really well. And he's not great in coverage. I think he's okay in coverage. I think you can get by with him in coverage, but he's not Luke Keekley. So don't get me wrong. He's not good in coverage. He's just – he's not as bad as some people say he is. And in terms of him versus Davis, he's a guy who, like on this play, if you're, if you're watching – He's a guy who's super, super strong, who plays with really good leverage. You can see how low he is right there. He plays low. He's pretty athletic for, for how powerful he is. He gets under, and I'm not talking about just this, but I'm, I'm talking about just in general. He gets under offensive linemen's pads. He'll stand up offensive linemen. He'll pop them in the mouth. He'll take down big running backs. He's a good tackler. He's not afraid to, to bang. So I, I, really, um, I really like him you know, a, a lot, and I think he's going to be a guy who might make the Pro Bowl. And he's a guy who I think next offseason Jets fans are going to be talking about, oh, yeah, I really like him. I really like him all the time. We'll see about that. Because, but, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people say they really like somebody after they play good. But I'm telling you before they even play in the regular season, I like this guy a lot. Um, like I said, he'll get explosive times in coverage. But 
it won't be enough where you're going to be super worried about him in coverage. I think he's okay in coverage. So you have him, you have Lee, who even if you just even if you didn't listen to the show before when I did the other podcast that I did, um, if you haven't listened to anything you know else I've done, whether it be jumping on the jet take with Kyle and Ben, who's also a part of Throwing the Jets. You've heard me talk with uh, Scott Mason or even uh, <clears throat> when Joe Caparoso brings me on to his show. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of them, even if you just listened to the last couple episodes, me talking about Lee, you know, I don't like Lee. Um, I just, I don't think he's uh, a good player. I don't think he has good awareness. I don't think he is um, very instinctual. I think people say, you know, he's an athletic guy, but if you don't know how to operate the mental part of the game, athleticism doesn't mean anything, especially in the NFL where, you know, a really athletic guy might run a 4-4 versus the not-so-athletic guy running a 4-5. It's a split-second difference. So for that split-second difference to matter, you need to be on the same level mentally, which he's not. So he is technically fast, but he plays slow. So how fast is he really? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? So um, he doesn't offer much, even in terms of that athleticism. He, his balance is off. He doesn't have great balance. Um, so he is what he is. I think he this might be the year where he loses his starting job, whether it be to, to Minter or to Hewitt or to Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I think he might get he might get benched by the end of this year. I think uh, he might get traded in the offseason. If he doesn't get traded in the offseason, I think next year is his last year in green and white. Uh, on his fourth-year option, I, I really doubt the Jets uh, you know, extend that fifth-year option to him. So I think this is his last year, maybe even last couple of games as a starter. I just don't see it. I I gave him his time. It's two years going to year three. The preseason, you know, we had some little bit of optimism. Maybe, maybe he could be a, a decent guy. But from the preseason that he's been showing, he's still the same guy he was last year. He hasn't improved to me. Um, so he's your other starter as, as the will. Just, yeah, uh, that's the thing. I, it's, I was, so while Marcus Fulman isn't doing the show, he actually had to go to uh, some of, one of his family members' scrimmage, so a football scrimmage they forgot he had. So I was, you know, just don't worry about it. I'll just do it by myself. Um, and we talked a little bit about Lee, and I told him, I'm, I'm worried about the Jets' secondary, but not because of the secondary. I'm worried about the Jets' secondary because they're going to have to cover forever. They don't have a pass rush, which is hopefully fixed a little bit more during the regular season because Todd Bowles will dial up some more exotic-type-looking blitzes that he doesn't want to give away in the preseason, so hopefully it's helped a little bit. But I'm also worried about the secondary and just really just the pass yards, yards the Jets will give up because – I don't know if Lee is going to get exposed. If you're running drive concepts or like cab type concepts or spin concepts at Lee, where it's basically just a levels read over the middle where you're hitting intermediate and short, I don't know if he has a capability to pass off, um, to pass off the, the three to the other side of the field or the two to the other side of the field and open up his hips and take the two threat, like things like that where he's going to have to pass off coverages and have knowledge of what's behind him because his problem is if this is the play action, you know they're running a let's say let's say a drive concept, um, or let's just say let's just say a uh, a, a cab concept where where he would he would, this this tight end right here would come on a on a um, drag and then a, re- a receiver over here would just come over on like a dig or or an over route where it's like a two level intermediate immediate and short read. The problem with Lee is Lee is going to jump up here if it's play action and then really take only a depth of like five yards maybe where he's supposed to be like ten to fifteen yards back depending on the down and distance and, and what, they're, what they're supposed to be, but definitely not five yards uh, away from the line of scrimmage. So he gets eaten up towards the line, stays here. 
and then he takes that that drag and really you want to see him take that uh work that over to the drag so just little stuff like that um maybe that wasn't the best thing like maybe it would be maybe easier if i can actually show you a play which trust me there will be plenty of plays to show you uh but yeah he makes the roster this was kind of hard too uh kevin pierre lewis i thought he was going to make the roster i think he got a decent contract from the jets but he hasn't been playing he's been injured so how can you for not playing i don't really know I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Minter are the best two backups, but I think because Kevin Pierre-Lewis hasn't been playing, he doesn't make the roster. Uh, I think Neville Hewitt, if you're going to go based on preseason, he's been playing really well as a preseason, in the preseason. I think at this point so far, he is the preseason leading, in ta- uh, leading tackler, which is like another thing that's a little bit overlooked. And I heard Lee, yeah, Lee let up, you know, six passes for 12 yards. Yeah, but six of those passes that you're tallying is really just him coming, coming up um, from his zone on an underneath throw and making a tackle. So we were, was he really in coverage on that? Or was the guy running his route into his coverage and he reacted when he saw him coming into the, his coverage with the ball? So was he covering him on that play? Eh, not a big stats guy. You're going to learn that over time. I'll show you exactly why throughout the show that stats that's don't mean much. Just like I showed a couple of hours ago, you see eight for 16 from Darnold. But if you watch the episode, how, did Darnold play well or did he not play well? Because eight, eight for 16 with one touchdown is kind of like, a, eh, damn it, eh, whatever. But I thought he played really well. So um, let's get over the whole the whole stats like thing right now. Everybody's so on stats. But um, moving on from from uh, this, you know, yeah, you have Minter, who is a guy who played under Todd Bowles in 2014, played really well in 2015, going into the 2016 free agency. He was a guy who was uh, looked at as one of the best, um, you know, linebackers coming. I, it was it was him. Hightower was probably number one. And then Zach Brown was probably number two. So if you take the third guy, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, really want to sign him. I really want to sign him. He went to the Bengals. He played really well the first game against the Ravens or the Steelers. Maybe it was the, maybe it was the Steelers. It was the Steelers or Ravens. I know it was a divisional ma- matchup for him. His first game, he had like 11 tackles, played pretty well. He's a guy who's more like a DeMario Davis, uh, you know, Williamson type, where I hear people talk about how he's like a coverage guy. He's not a coverage guy at all. He's, he's more of a banger type guy, too. He's not that athletic to move sideline to sideline and, and play well in coverage. But I think he makes it because of his experience with Bulls, and he's been a starter before. I'm not really sure what happened with him in, in Cincinnati last year. I don't know if he just got outplayed if there's a little bit of injuries. Uh, I'm not – this isn't the uh, Cincinnati Bengals film room, so I don't break down their film. I don't really know why. But I think he makes it. Like I said, I think Hewitt makes it because he's, the, he's been the best backup linebacker. Uh, he makes him play in terms of preseason. Uh, he makes some plays in coverage. He makes some plays um, in the run game. So I think he deserves a spot right now. He's playing his way onto this roster. He was on the Miami Dolphins last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a big special teams guy for them, so he'll be a special teams guy here, too, for the Jets. And then maybe play some, some spot duty, um, backing up Lee or whatever it may be. Because, like I said with Lee, I just, I just don't see it happening. Moving on to the – Last couple of positions. I'm gonna go. I'm going to talk about the Eagles really quick. Talk about the trade really quick. I'm going to wrap up. Uh, next position, safety. This is where I have the Jets keeping five, and I have the Jets keeping five safeties because the Jets do run a lot of big nickel, big big um, dime. Uh, and for the people who don't really know, if if you don't know what a nickel is, a lot of people talk about nickel and say, oh well, you know this or that. Uh, instead of having on a base set, you have you know in, in a three four set, you have three defensive linemen. You have four linebackers, so you only have four spots left for secondary, two safeties, two um, corners. But if you're running, you know, a nickel, you take out one of those linebackers or maybe even one of those defensive linemen, you add in a, 
uh, defensive back. Now, if it's a big nickel, you're adding in a safety. If it's a, if it's a dime, you're taking out two of those linebackers or defensive linemen. You're adding two secondary players, big dime. You're gonna you're gonna put in one of those safeties again. So instead of corners, so <clears throat> that's really all it is. And then you can go into goes you know uh, nickel, dime, quarter, uh, half dollar, dollar, do, half dollar, and dollars. Just basically like there's only three down linemen. So that you really see that happens. It's like a prevent where there's like 15 seconds left in the game with no timeouts and, and the other teams at the 20 yard line trying to score. It's the only time we're going to see like dollar type defenses. Um, so um, moving on from that though. Uh, yeah. So I have Adams obvious. I'll pull up a play of Adams. Like I said, this isn't a film film show. I'm just kind of uh, just giving my opinion on this because listen, it's fun. Sometimes I don't always have to go over film, even though I will um, for the, for the most part. So uh, let's, uh, Let's, let's play this play of Adams. I know people like to watch Adams. So um, he makes it, which is obvious. Um, and then obviously you have uh, Marcus May as well. I don't think any of those guys are going to get cut, or unless you're smoking crack, you think they're going to get cut. So they're going to make the roster, uh, Adams being your strong safety, your Sam linebacker, your Will linebacker, your weak side outside linebacker, your defensive end, your blitzer up the A-gap, B-gap, C-gap, D-gap, E-gap. Any gap, uh, cover tight ends. People say he covered slot. Uh, like he was in a slot last year covering. Yeah, maybe he was flexed out to cover a tight end, but he wasn't covering any slot receivers. He didn't really cover any receivers at all. Maybe I missed a player or two of him doing it, but I didn't really see him cover any receivers, if any. Um, so, yeah, so he, he's your all-around guy. Marcus May is your guy who's going to play over the top. He's also – I think he's a better tackler than Adams. He's not as aggressive as Adams, but I think he's a bigger hitter, and I think he's a more consistent uh, tackler. Where Adams – He's, he's great, he's aggressive, but how many times do we see Adams ankle tackle in the game of inches and then the running back either breaks the tackle or they gain another yard or two yards or three yards, and instead of third and seven, it's third and four, which completely changes the playbook. So he needs to start, uh, start tackling higher. Uh, we're going to see growth from both of those guys this year, um, so I'm excited about them. My next guy, I think everyone knows who the five are at this point. Um, you have Middleton. Middleton was playing in – in uh, the relief duty of Marcus May in preseason and even in practice when he was uh, – when, uh, when Marcus May was a little bit banged up, not, not too much. It's more of a, uh, you know, being the Jets being cautious type of deal. But um, Middleton makes the roster. I like him a lot coming out of Appalachian State, and now he's getting his chance to, to play. Uh, he's more of an in-the-box type guy, but maybe he's changed a little bit. He looks a little more athletic than he did in college. Maybe he lost a little bit of weight or, or got some better technique down, but he makes it. Brooks makes it. Brooks is a guy who could play in the box and in coverage too. He's more of a he's more of a coverage guy than he is a box guy. Um, so he's there. And then Wilcox too. I, initially, I had a Wilcox off and, and Xavier Cooper on the roster because the Jets like to run a lot of um, big nickel, big dime looks. Uh, and Wilcox is the guy who can play in coverage and he can play in the box. Where he, you you've seen you've seen in this preseason how many times that he they either blitz or he was right up on the line, pressed up on the line of scrimmage, making a tackle on a running back. Um, but people overlook just because, yeah, he's a hard hitter and all this stuff. People think, oh, well, he can't cover. But you, you look, and this is for your pro football focus freaks out there who don't watch film. He had like an 80-something coverage grade in 2016 when he was starting for the, the Cowboys. I think he has like 36 starts in his career. So he's been a starter in the league. I think he's a really good backup. I did the film review of him. I liked him a lot. And I said I'm not going to back down from him. I think he's easily the, best, the Jets' best backup safety right now um, or, or a couple months ago when I did the film review. He hasn't played as well this preseason, and I think if you're going to cut one of those guys, it looks like Wilcox. Now, there's times where players who aren't as good make the roster over guys who are better. 
Maybe it's the way the Jets are using him. Maybe he doesn't understand the defense, whatever it may be. Um, but in terms of talent, what I saw in 2016, I think he's the most talented backup safety in the roster. So I, I put him in there because I, I want to see him make it. I think he's going to make some plays. He's going to make some hard hits. He's a guy who's going to lay you out on a slant. And the next time that, that receiver's coming in the middle on a slant, he's going to alligator arm it because he thinks Wilcox might be coming. He's seriously, he's that guy. He's, he's going he's gonna to light you up. Um, Rontez Miles, minus special teams and maybe being aggressive in the run game, he doesn't offer really much of anything. Uh, nothing in coverage. He's absolutely lost in coverage. So uh, he, this is his time. You know, good story, good dude, aggressive, loves the Jets, but it's, it's, it's his time to, to, uh, to, to leave this team. Not, not, leave, not like kicking them out, but he's not going to make the roster. Once the Jets get better players, you're going to have to cut these guys, these role players that you, that you really like. You know, like if the Jets get a better running back, you know, sorry, but Powell's going to have to probably go next year. If the Jets have to resign him, we'll see. But, yeah, Wilcox makes it. Rontez Miles doesn't. Going on for the corners, the last position, other than special teams, which I'll do really quickly. You have Tremaine Johnson. That's pretty obvious. You have Morris Claiborne. That's pretty obvious. Screen is obvious. Uh, Nickerson makes it, you know, uh, drafted this year. He's been a little bit injured, but if you, if you cut him, he's not making it to the practice squad. Flash a little bit in camp. He makes it. The next two guys is it's, – it's kind of hard because Roberts has been playing pretty poorly this preseason, but he's one of the primary backups this preseason still, even though I'm not in love with this game. I think he could do maybe not much worse, but a little bit worse as a backup guy. He's okay at times, but he just hasn't looked good at all this, this preseason. So if I had to – Man, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll take Roberts because, like I said, the Jets trust him. Uh, he played a lot last year. He's been playing a lot this preseason, so I think he makes it. And then the sixth guy, listen, uh, Derek Bones Jones. He made a couple of plays in camp, but where has he been this preseason? Like I said a couple hours ago, he hasn't made any plays. He still looks pretty raw with this technique type stuff on, on film that I've seen of him this preseason. Uh, in camp, he makes plays, but Camp is a completely different ball game, so I don't think he makes it. I think he's a guy who can you can easily cut and uh, you know call out from the practice squad if you if you had to. So I think he gets cut, makes it to the practice squad. People might go nuts because people get excited during those summer camps when there's really no football going on. You're refreshing your time on every 35 seconds to see if there's a new update. You see him get a couple of interceptions, um, but he hasn't yet. You have to you have to bring it to practice, and then translate that into the preseason games. Has anybody, does anybody remember one play of him in the preseason? People are going to say that fade um, versus the Falcons in the, in the first – was it versus the Falcons or the, or the Redskins in the fade in the back of the end zone? Where did he cover it really well? Maybe. It was okay coverage, but uh, whoever the quarterback was, whether it be Alex Smith or McCoy or Matt Ryan, whoever – not well, it wasn't Matt Ryan, maybe Matt Schaub um, – they threw it out of bounds. You can't really, really even tell. It might have been passing interference on him, too. So he doesn't make the roster. Jeremy Clark, he's a guy who has a lot of talent, you know, 6'3", 220. So he has size. He has some speed. He has really good length. But he's been, you know, unfounded this entire uh, preseason in camp. Next guy who doesn't make it, which is going to lead you off to who I think is the sixth guy or even the, the fifth or fourth guy is uh, I don't think Justin Burris makes it. He has some interesting athletic things as well where he's pretty athletic for his sides. Pretty, some pretty, he has pretty good hips for his size, actually. I like his stop and start, his hips, his footwork for his size, but uh, the run game, his angles that he takes aren't good. He doesn't play the ball that well in the air. Um, he's not uber athletic, which he's athletic for his size, but he's not super fast. So I think he 
um, doesn't make the roster as well, which means Robinson makes the roster. And people might think I'm crazy for that. But like I said, if you've been watching this show, I think Robinson's the third most talented. I'm going to say that slowly again. Like I did the last episode. Talented corner on this team. Doesn't mean he's the, doesn't mean he's the third best, but the third most talented. Now there's questions about, you know, he has a, he's a four-game suspension. He, so, so as of right now, Robinson's not going to be on the roster. It's probably going to be Clark – or not Clark, uh, Jones or Burris, and, and then they get moved or, or cut or moved to the practice squad. Uh, I don't know if Burris is going to make the practice squad. This is, this is third year, right? This is third year. I don't know if he can make the – it's all based on playing time as well. But regardless, I think Robinson, when he comes back, makes the roster. Yeah, like a fluid, fluid hips, fluid feet, good footwork. Stop start is good. Length is good. Um, plays the ball pretty well in the air, but he just he's inconsistent with his technique. Definitely at the line, getting his shuffles in, opening up his hips too soon. And he doesn't offer much in the run game. Um, but I, but I think he's he's too talented to cut. He listen. He started for the first four or five games last year for the for the Niners, and then they traded him to the Jets for a fifth round pick. So he was starting for a reason. Even if it's on a team like the Niners, who doesn't have a a really good roster, he's still a starter, which maybe is kind of an overstatement by maybe because the Jets did. Then they start like Philip Adams and. Whoever else that that one year with Rex Ryan was that 2014 the the Isaac year second year of Isaac or was it 13 but I don't remember they had they had, a, they had a Darren Walls starting a couple games they had uh, Philip Adams they had uh, just a whole bunch of guys who were bad it's then they have Salim Hakeem playing safety at one point like my God um, but yeah so Johnson Claiborne screen Nickerson Roberts Robinson Robinson comes back after those four games and makes the team like I said that that talent is just it's can't deny it on tape. Special teams, Edwards, that's that's obvious why. Um, we don't really have another punter, and he's been playing pretty well. Like I said, last game, eight punts, average 55 yards. I believe it was a stat or right around uh, – yeah, it's 55 yards. Um, the, the long snapper, Thomas Hennessy. Uh, don't you just wish that the Jets could just like, – like, why can't – like, I understand it's like it's snapping in the NFL, so it's not easy. But don't you just wish like – Freaking Herndon or Tomlinson can snap the ball, so then I can keep Cooper or keep freaking Hanson or something like that, or like it. Like, sucks, but you need a long snapper. So Hennessy makes the team. The kicker, Bertolette, does not make it. He he's been terrible in camp. When I, when I was in camp and when I heard from people who were there more than I was because I do have a job, I can't be there all the time. And quite frankly, camp gets really boring. You're watching pretty much nothing the entire time. It means nothing, and it's hot as crap. So. Uh, I didn't, you know, I went to some, but I didn't go to all of them, obviously, or even close to all of them. Um, but Bertolette, when I was there, a- anything past 40 yards, he pretty much missed. When I went to 50 yards, he wasn't even close. That extra pointy kick that was 38 yards the other game, he, it, it seemed like he missed 15 yards to the right. Like, it wasn't even close. So, he doesn't make the roster. Jason Myers is a proven uh, veteran kicker. Now, is he a good proven veteran kicker? No. He's, he's, a, he's a sucky proven veteran, or, or a sucky veteran kicker but he's still a kicker and he's been there before now I did see that the Browns cut Ross Martin I would love for the Jets to cut Myers cut all these guys sign Ross Martin I thought he was better than Folk that his first year I thought he was better than Catanzaro last year I think he's better than any any kicker the Jets have on this on this team right now um I think he signs him he's automatically the starter he he has a boot um there's some issues with him in terms of how far he can kick the ball on uh, kick returns and all, all of that. But in terms of just pure field goals, I think he's easily better than all of these other guys. 
Uh, so moving on, last like to talk about touch on for two seconds, just because I have some things to do and don't want to show too long. But people already know the Jets traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints for um, the Saints' third round pick, and the Jets also included a sixth round pick. So the Jets are most likely getting a third round pick that's in the where do you think the Saints finish this year? Anywhere from we're gonna get like that 22 to 26 pick right there, the later of the third round. They gave up a sixth-round pick, which will be in the middle tier, you know, the 14, 15, 16 pick of the sixth round. Um, and obviously, they give Bridgewater um, to the Saints. And listen, the Jets gave up a sixth, and they got back a third. So <clears throat> the Jets basically traded, uh, traded $500,000 and a sixth-round pick for a third-round pick. So that's great. But also don't look – one, how great Bridgewater is a guy. If, if he comes into a Saints game and you don't cheer for him and, and you don't care because he's not on the Jets anymore, you're not my type of guy. Uh, Bridgewater has been awesome on, on the Jets. Says the right things, does, does the, right, the right things, has the right mentality, leads the team. Uh, I, I love, the guy's awesome. And don't overlook how much he, he meant to, to Donald and his development, even in only the couple months that he was here from, you know, May to, to, to now. Um, Bridgewater meant a lot in that in that training room, on the field, in the film room. He definitely taught Donald some things, and he was a great guy while doing it. So I'm I'm happy he was here. And we just like I said, just got a third a third round draft pick, um, you know, for five hundred thousand dollars and a sixth round pick. So that's that's a great trade. Now the Jets have their uh, a first next year, two thirds, their fourth, their sixth, their seventh. Now, do I hope this third-round pick is included in some type of deal for maybe a guy like a Khalil Mack or a Dante Fowler? Yes, I do. And the reason for Mack is, and I understand the Jets have a lot of building to do. They still have a lot. They still need a middle linebacker to start. They still need some depth at, at corner. They still need offensive line for damn sure. They need uh, outside linebacker, which would be filled by obviously Khalil Mack. But a lot of teams, when you win – win with quarterbacks on their rookie contracts. So look at the Ravens. Um, they won when Joe, before Joe Flacco got paid all of that money. Uh, look at the Seahawks. They had room to sign all those guys and bring in free agents on top of really good drafts they had um, to, you know, improve their team. And then they brought Russell Wilson to the championship. And Russell Wilson obviously had a big part to do with that too. He's a top five quarterback, top five to seven quarterback. I would probably say top five pretty easily actually. Um, in the league right now, he's fantastic. If he had a good team around him, he would light up the league. But he's a really shitty offensive line, uh, bad skill positions other than Baldwin, um, not good running backs. So the defense is falling apart, too. So they're in the shitter this year. But uh, regardless, those teams, a lot of teams win um, when their quarterback's on the rookie contract. So, yeah, you're going to trade from this year, and he's going to be 28 next year. But having Khalil Mack, which obviously you have to, you have to trade for him, so you, and you have to sign them, so you're not going to give up too too much. But it's probably like a, I would say like a first and maybe like a third and a conditional, or a first and a player and a fourth. Like you're going to have to give up a first, another pick, and maybe a player. But you're getting, if not the best, the second best pass rusher in the entire league. And he's not just a pass rusher; he can also light up the run game as well. So you're getting, like I said, number one or two out best outside linebacker in the league, him or Von Miller. Um, you're you're signing him for a lot of money. But that's when you're going to try to capitalize. It's, it's, it's 2019, 2020, 2021 when Khalil Mack is still elite and Sam Darnold uh, is on that rookie contract. That's when you try to win that Super Bowl. It's like that, that four- to five-year window because obviously we're all hoping that Sam Darnold's good enough that he signs a deal as big as, you know, um, or bigger than Aaron Rodgers did 
you know, a couple of, uh, what was it, hours ago? Or, yeah, it was, it was today he signed that deal. So, and with quarterbacks, we all know, even with corners and outside linebackers, if you're in that middle tier to above, you're going to sign the next biggest contract of any, of any, any person. Every quarterback who's above, like, average, you're going to see signs the largest deal in NFL history, signs the largest deal in NFL history, signs the large – because if you don't pay them, somebody else will. And you're going you're gonna, to, you know, cry about a couple of million dollars uh, not have a quarterback and then have to draft one. We've seen how hard it is to draft quarterbacks. Look at look at the Jets and, and you know uh, and make them you know successful starters. So uh, teams, you know, those quarterbacks are going to get paid. So hopefully Donald is one of those guys. I'm not just saying I hope he's average. I hope he's he's top five, top three, or the best in the league. Obviously, um, but let's capitalize on on Donald being that good. Get you know a guy like Khalil Mack. And even if you don't get Khalil Mack, which I understand, yeah, maybe it's a little bit too rich. Even for me, at times I'm like, yeah, hey, man. Yeah, if they do trade, you know, first and a third, like, you know, crap. The Jets have, you know, only a third, a fourth, and a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh this year. So they have no picks in the first two rounds of the draft and have a, most likely a, a later third-round pick. Um, but at the same time, that good of an outside linebacker completely changes this this defense. You don't have to send exotic blitzes of, four, of five, six guys. You, let's say if the Jets typically run, you know, uh, they, they, run a, they usually blitz – you know, six guys because they need to get pressure. You had Khalil Mack. Now you can just rush five and send an extra guy into coverage instead of having to send so many guys to get to the quarterback. It completely changes the position. Um, you line up him next to Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams is single teamed or has much, much less attention to him. Opens up him. He gets more interior sacks. Uh, Khalil Mack dominates. He gets his sacks. The secondary doesn't have to cover as long. They dominate. Um, then if you had Khalil Mack, I can pretty comfortably say this will be a top 10 defense. And the biggest hole, the biggest hole by far being being Darren Lee. So uh, I'm fine with adding Mac. Yeah, I really am. But at the same time, if you don't want to add Mac, the Jets don't want to give up that. They want to build up the team a little bit more traditionally and draft and then sign some uh, some free agents instead of getting up those draft picks because he's going to be a free agent next year probably anyway unless he gets tagged. Uh, they want to trade for Dante Fowler. Let's say if it's that third round pick, maybe this is a fourth round pick. I'm good with that too. And people look at the stats of Dante Fowler, you know, only nine and a half sacks over his, uh, his two year stint in the NFL. Or he, he's been in the NFL for three years now, but he was injured the, the, um, the first year because he like tore his ACL or whatever. It was like the first practice of, of a Jaguars camp, which sucks. But um, I think he's a mid-level starter. I think he's a decent pass rusher. That one game in the playoffs, I forget if against the Bills or the Patriots to get two sacks. Uh, I think he's a pretty, you know, like I said, yeah, he only has like nine sacks in his two years that he's been playing. But I think last year he had like seven or eight of them. So, and that's also with, so you have to kind of like weigh the positives and the negatives when you look at the Jaguars game. So he got those, he got those sacks in less snaps, but he also got those sacks with guys like Nagakwe and guys like Calais Campbell and Telvin Smith and even guys in the secondary like Ramsey and Boye covering to give him that time to get sacks. So you have to kind of weigh both of them. So would I be happy with a third for Fowler? I think that's a little bit too much for my blood. I think a fourth for Fowler, I, I would do it. Third is a little bit too much, but a fourth for Fowler, you get a mid-level starter as that weak side linebacker. You get some pass rush from him. I think it would help this team tremendously. Um, so I'm down for that too. But the Jets need an outside linebacker badly, just as bad as they need. You know, listen, next year, the three positions that need to be addressed, um, offensive line in general, I think you could live with Shell. I'm not a huge fan of Shell, but I think you could live with him. Winters could be cut. Carpenter, Carpenter's not going to be here next year. Uh, like the problem with the offensive line is just it, it's 
it, it could be really bad. I think it could be below average, and that's the best they can be is like below average. You're not worrying about them every week. At the same time, Shell's not a run blocker, decent pass blocker. Winters is okay, but he's owed like $7.5 million this, this uh, year, and then next year they can cut him if they want to. Long is decent, but he, he's been injured. So is, what's to say he's not going to get injured again? That's, that's a worry. Uh, Carpenter is bad run blocker. He can't move laterally. He's a decent pass blocker. And then Beecham is getting older. He's like 29 years old, and he's only a pass blocker, not a run blocker. So the Jets' offensive line is not strong, so they need to address multiple positions on the offensive line next year. They need to obviously, you know, if they don't make any trades or changes and, you know, um, you know, before next year's free agency, like if they, like I said, get uh, Mack or Fowler, outside linebacker is a massive need. And then middle linebacker too. You're going to have to get a new middle linebacker next year. It's not, it can't be Lee. It, it, it really just can't. Unless he, unless he lights up and proves me wrong, I'll, listen, I'll eat, I'll eat crow and, and talk about how he, how, he, how he proved me wrong. I'm not going to avoid it. If he makes good plays, I'll show you. But I'm also not afraid to show you bad plays. So I'm going to be very honest with him. Just like McGuire, and I'll admit it now, even though some of you guys might not listen to Generation Radio, I said I didn't think McGuire was going to be much. I didn't really like him coming out of college. And he's played pretty well, but I, I can admit that. So if Lee plays well, awesome. I'm a, I'm a Jets fan. I want him to play well. I want him to be what he was drafted to be, a coverage linebacker, a fast guy who can blitz through multiple gaps and get sacks and pressures on the quarterback, get some interceptions, really athletic, Deion Buchanan type guy, Mark Barron type of guy, but he, just, he hasn't been that. So um, I think he needs to be replaced next year. Those are the three positions that I think are the biggest weaknesses right now going into the uh, season. Now moving on to the Eagles game really quickly. It's, it's the last game of the year. Maybe, maybe there's like three or four spots up for grabs this game. The Jets are going to play that. Uh, I think the quarterback they signed, isn't his name almost like Bertolette? It's like Jason Bertolai or something, whatever the hell it is. I, I really don't know what his name is. I don't care because he's going to be off the team. The Jets basically got him to uh, hand the ball off to Thomas Rawls and Sir Kendrick West this game, and they're all going to get cut. So he's, he's going to be gone. But um, you're, you're going to watch those position battles. Let's watch, like, the guys who are on the fringe. Let's watch Chad Hansen versus Stewart versus Johnson versus McBride. That's, that's for sure you want, one you want to watch versus the Eagles. You want to watch Leggett versus Walford. I think that's a big one you want to watch. Safety, let's watch, I think uh, – Wilcox versus Brooks. Wilcox has been getting snaps with the third team, while Brooks has been coming earlier in with the second team with, with Middleton since, you know, uh, obviously Marcus May has been back. So let's watch Wilcox versus Brooks. Defensive line, I don't think it's really Cooper versus anybody, but let's say if Cooper makes a couple of plays and he gives the Jets no choice but to make this roster, because I think he should. I think he's pretty talented. He has nice athletic traits, so I, I like him. Outside linebacker. Uh, garbage versus garbage versus garbage versus garbage. But uh, I, I'm not going to say that. They're NFL players. They don't even deserve that. But Lou Wu versus Copeland versus Donahue versus Molden. Like I said, I, I'm not really sure. I think, I, th- I think it's Copeland and Donahue once he gets back from his suspension that it might happen. He had two DWIs. I, I think he needs to be suspended. <laughs> so that's another problem, though, too. I, honestly, if I was a coach, you got two w- D- DWIs. You know what? Um... You know, fool me once, fool me twice, shame on me type of deal. After the first time, you're, you're pretty much gone. But if he, if he does it second time and you still don't get rid of him, you're giving him three strikes, no, I'm, I'm, more of a, I'm, I'm definitely a two-strike guy. After one time, I get it. Listen, it happens. Even though it shouldn't happen, you have millions of dollars and you there's a free service that picks up NFL players. But even me, like, 
listen, just order an Uber and, and wait 15 minutes. Don't be trying to be cool. Oh, I'm going to drive home. Fuck it. You know, whatever. Like, it's so stupid. You're driving the wrong way like the, on like the, in a tunnel. Like, it was just so bad. Um, but you did it once. That's just stupid. You do it twice. That's just, that's just, you, you can't make any excuses for it. So if it was me, I'm cutting him. Goodbye. Uh, he's a fifth round draft pick. Who cares? But you, you were going to watch him versus Lugo versus, Cop- versus Copeland. I think Malden's pretty much gone. He didn't get like any snaps. He got like two, three snaps last game. And then cornerback, uh, watch Jones versus Roberts versus Robinson. Even though Robinson, he's, he's been playing pretty good this preseason, minus a few things here and there. Um, but yeah, watch those backup guys. And uh, it should be a fun game. It's, it's, we had this game, you know, I uh, don't need to watch too closely, but it's some, it's some Jets games that we've been starving for. And then after Thursday, we wait, you know, what, whatever it is, like 10 days. And then we play uh, the Lions Monday Night Football, and it's, it's the home opener. So, or after that, after the Lions game. So, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun time. I'm really excited. Next week, Marcus Coleman's officially kicking off, as we're going to be talking about roster cuts. We're going to be talking about a little bit about the Eagles game. And we're going to be talking about the Jets uh, versus the Lions, you know, like I said, Monday night uh, opening game. So that's going to be fun. Really excited to introduce him as the new co-host, have him here, you know, 52 weeks a year. So I'm really excited for that. Hopefully 52 weeks a year. If you can't make two or three, whatever. But I'm um, really excited to add him. Like I said, TOJ Film Room on the podcast app. Even if you listen on YouTube or watch on YouTube, just go there and just throw us a rating. I really appreciate it. And if, if you listen on the podcast app, go to YouTube, throw us a, a subscription, even if you don't even go on YouTube. So Please do that for us. We'll be back. Probably going to get a show out next Wednesday talking about the Jets game coming up, talk about the Eagles game, all that stuff. But like I said, I appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate all the new listeners. I appreciate uh, this, you know, people building this up. I appreciate the reviews. I appreciate the freaking compliments on Twitter. You guys have been awesome. So, um, but with that, have a good night and uh, let's, let's go Jets. And I'll see you in a couple of days.